Hi friends and welcome back to the podcast. This week's episode is going to probably be one of my favorites and is going to hold a special place in my heart because this week we get to talk about adoption. I'm going to be sharing my personal adoption story before we get started and I have a really special guest, Riley, who came on, Riley Peterson. She is also a fellow and adoptee and I'm so excited for you to hear her story and also for us to just have a proactive conversation about ethical and biblical adoption. What does that mean? What does it look like? What do we look out for when we are trying to adopt? Different things like that. And I hope you enjoy. to share my personal adoption story one of the biggest things I advocate for is sharing your story I believe every single person has worth and that they also have a story to tell and so that's why I love doing this podcast I love having other people come on and I get to talk to them I get to share their story they get to share their story and it's just a beautiful group we have built a community that I am so grateful and thankful for and we continue to pray together as a community and also if you're praying, um, add something to your list. Add adoption families, add families who are trying to adopt um, because sometimes we forget that people are going through that process and it's a long process. So I ask you to pray for those families as they go through that and maybe even help them if you know someone personally. So to get onto my adoption story, I was adopted at the age of two and it's really sweet and simple, but um, I believe that God preserved my life and he has um, kept me. I believe that every adoption story is so beautiful because, and even foster care, foster care as well, because these families usually do not, they're not in a place where they would know God if they grew up in that home or they would not have the opportunity to hear about God. And so something so beautiful is that I know that I probably wouldn't even know who God was or is if I wasn't adopted. And so I love to think about my story as God rescuing me and even those who I know who are adopted, rescuing them and just giving them the opportunity to hear the gospel. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing the gospel is because I was given that opportunity and I want others to have that opportunity to share their story and to hear about God. And so I love to share that through this. And so at the age of two, adopted, I was internationally adopted from Russia. I was adopted on the Mongolian border. I was lower um, in Southern Russia. And so um, it was such a beautiful story. Um, There was the court date that we had, which either in international or domestic adoption, there will be a court date because you are transferring families basically. Um, In my case, parents um, weren't there, Um, no parental rights needed because there was a closed adoption. And so I was given a court date, we went, um, got to wear a cute um, Russian dress, which was really fun to look back on and pictures. And so had that date and I know that's so special for so many families because it solidifies that beautiful, it and as so so many Christians use the God 
makes whole brokenness. I just feel when I see those pictures that something's so broken, my situation was so broken, and God just glued those little pieces back together and it, it became a masterpiece. And I hope that others who are adopted will hear this and know that they are they have worth and they are known and that God loves them because sometimes there is that gap between trying to find that identity. And so essentially that is my adoption story. And I wanted to share something with you guys that I believe is one of the things that have helped me along the way. And some kids who are adopted, they go and they try to find their birth families and that's every single kid is going to be different, either if it's foster or adoption depending on if it's closed or open adoption, it doesn't matter. Every kid's going to be different and you have to listen to their needs and their wants because um, usually they're just curious, you know? And so with me, because I have a closed adoption and I was internationally adopted, I didn't have that opportunity and it would probably be a um, deep hole of trying to find my birth parents. And so instead I did a DNA test and that was probably one of the most surreal um coolest um experiences i've gotten to do just connecting the dots of where did i come from filling in that identity because i do know i am a child of god i am his i'm loved but also just knowing that physical evidence of yes this is where i came from i get to experience my culture and all of these beautiful things and so Doing a DNA test was just so beautiful. I got to learn my um, ethnicity and where I came from, my cultural background. And I just think that if your kid is up to that and if they ask you, that that would be a great idea. I know it impacted my life um, very well. It was a very well experience. Um, and so I'm so glad I got that opportunity. But that essentially is my adoption story. I'm so glad I got to share it with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And now we are going to transfer over to the episode where I got to do an interview with one of my close friends, Riley Peterson, who is in the fellow and adoptee, like I said earlier. And I'm so excited for you to hear her. So here we go. Hi friends, welcome back. Today we have a very special guest on today. Her name is Riley and um, she is a fellow adoptee and I am so excited to get to sit here and talk to her about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is adoption. And we're also going to be covering foster care as well. I don't have a background in that, but I know that Riley has done research and I know that she is well informed on the topic. So I'm so excited to have you on, Riley. You wanna tell us a little bit about yourself just to get started. Hey everyone, my name is Riley Peterson. Um, I'm an adoptee as well, and I founded a ministry called Adoption Out Loud. Um, I'm 17 years old, and I'm attending Liberty University this fall to study theology and apologetics, but also youth ministry, um, so I'm really excited. I plan to attend law school in the future, um, so it's just God willing at this point. Um, so I've been really thankful and blessed with this ministry, so I'm really excited to be here. And we're excited to have you on and your future sounds really exciting <laughs> um, and we're praying for you as you go through that and have a good transition um, so you mentioned this you are the person who came up with adoption out loud that ministry tell us a little bit about that yeah so we're um, actually a nonprofit, and so we're just pushing biblical and ethical adoption started out as a fun thing to do um, since I was a full-time college student 
at 16 years old, I had a lot of free time. And so it just started out with me posting infographics and it actually built up a really great community. And so I was able to actually meet people and talk with people. And I realized that it was actually like a calling that the Lord had placed in my heart and it just gradually became stronger. Oh, that's so sweet. And what essentially pushed you to start this ministry? Um, it was more so that I just couldn't quite find an adoption ministry that focused on biblical adoption. And a lot of it was just rooted in kind of like the severe aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But I really wanted something for people who are Christian, who are looking to adopt or even for foster care, um, as it's a huge issue in the church. We need more of that mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. And in a sense, do you have a motto or a goal when it comes to your ministry that you would want other people to know about? Yeah, so ours is really just promoting biblical and ethical adoption. Um, the ethical aspect came along gradually as I realized there were a lot of adoption practices that weren't ethical. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people within the privatized adoption who get scammed, and I was a part of that 2% of privatized adoptions. And so it really arose within me that like, I need to advocate for those people mm-hmm. um, and for that 2%. Wow. I. I was unaware of that, so um, thank you for making me aware of that. But um, yes, when I saw your page, it said biblical and ethical adoptions, and I was kind of sitting there thinking like, oh, what does that actually mean? So it's really nice to have people who think deeply about these topics and really answer the call that God has put on your life and start a ministry like that. So grateful for that. Um, And you explained it really well, so I don't think... A follow-up question about it it's necessary but um for anyone who is curious about what biblical and ethical adoption means do you want to like further that a little bit yeah so with biblical adoption i think of the priesthood of christ and how we're adopted into god's family and mm-hmm. so um i just think of like the image that god paints a family and so following practices like going through a religious organization to adopt is always probably number one. Um, that's what adoption lot hopes to become eventually when I'm an adult with adult jobs and adult things and adult titles um, to become an adoption, not just the ministry, but also um, an agency. Mm-hmm. And so I always recommend going through a faith-based um, agency. My parents actually adopted me through, um, I want to say a Jewish agency, um, but there was still that aspect of like, God reigns and, right. you know, God is God. Um, and with the ethical part, that's like up to um, anyone because it's so subjective in a sense with how the adoption industry is built. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think it needs to be deconstructed in a sense and rebuilt. Um, and so with with myself, I just like on my moral compass, which is rooted in the word of God. And mm-hmm. so for me, like the biblical and ethical goes hand in hand. Right. And off the top of your mind, what would be one of your biggest um, pieces of advice when it comes to parents adopting and looking into these agencies? What are they looking for that might be a red flag or um, might be something to stray away from? Yeah, what I've noticed, um, because I was looking really far into the adoption scams that were happening through those privatized organizations, um, they weren't hearing through word of mouth. They were kind of just going in blind. And so mm-hmm. my parents found their organization because people in our own hometown, it was very small and tight knit back at home in New York. That's how they knew that it was a legitimate organization. And so I always like 
talk to other people, talk to um, birth moms who've gone through that organization. Because honestly, when an organization treats their birth moms correctly, that's what you want because mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be um, giving their child up for adoption, which is a really high form of love. Um, so that's one of my biggest things. Yeah. And I love how you put that, that even in the, and I know we're both pro-life, so um, Mm -hmm. in the arguments that we've heard lately, it's that adoption isn't a loving thing and that mothers probably don't want to give their kids up for adoption. And being an adoptee, I can, I can understand how that can portray that it, yes, it is a hard decision, but I love how you put it where it's like the highest form of love for a mother to give up her baby um, in a situation where she can't give that child a life that is well-meaning, meaningful. And so do you want to explain, maybe expand on that a little bit um, for us to understand a little bit more? Yeah, no, definitely. I think my experience being adopted put me so far on that pro-life spectrum because I had like a phase where I thought I was pro-choice and then I realized how like anti-women it was. And I was like, I don't know what got into my head. It was probably that I was in the public school system and Mm. that was what they were promoting to. I was a 13-year-old freshman in high school. And so Mm. I thought that was like the way to go. And so I really meditated on the fact that, you know, my birth mom, she she had the choice to um, terminate her pregnancy. And that was me. And that was the life that I was. And so I think that it was so selfless of her to do that, that there's people at the resource centers. We have a local center here called life one pregnancy who I volunteer with. And they're on the front lines of this, like literally praying for the women, like before they even conceive their child, like they're praying over these women over the generations to come. And I just love it. And I just think it's so needed. It's so necessary. And, you know, all we can do is love, um, and show people what the pro-life movement really is because at the pregnancy resource centers, they're there for the prenatal and postnatal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people argue that we don't care once the child is born and that's just the furthest thing from the truth. And I'm sorry if people have painted that picture, um, because a lot of people buy into that lie and it's a lie. It's a lie from Satan, honest, honestly. And so I just like always push that, like giving your child up for adoption is the highest form of love. And, you know, it gave my parents the opportunity to have children. They couldn't conceive and they tried for years and they prayed. They were like um, the praying mother, like Samuel's praying mother. I always say like praying for that baby, praying for that child. And like, honestly, that, that Bible story alone just proves God's like stance on babies and how much he loves them. So I could talk all day about God and (laughs) pro-life and just how it's like intertwined and it's so divine. I love it. Yeah, and I love your perspective on it. I want to start with the first thing you said, um, going back to you had that pro-choice stance, and I want to say that I did too, Um, and if there's any, like, adoptee or someone who came out of foster care and you're really just wrestling with those emotions and the decision of, well, my mother did have a decision to um, have an abortion or to keep me and choose to give me up for adoption or to put me in the foster care system either of those, um, that to really grasp that we are loved, um, even if you, um, haven't realized that yet, because I, I did come from the same perspective that, yeah, um, a lot of people think the pro-choice movement is the only choice, but I love to think that Mm -hmm. the pro-life, um, movement is more about choice, that you have the decision to put your baby up for adoption and to adopt on the other side of the spectrum that parents Mm -hmm. are allowed to adopt. Um, And so 
another thing that you brought up that was really beautiful is that yes there are tons of families tons of families who are willing to adopt especially as we see infertility rise there are many families who want to start a family but that's not possible so what do they do adoption is a perfect example of that and so it's just a beautiful story and it intertwines so i think one of the things that i wanted to point out is that if you are in the case of an adoptee and you are adopted or in foster care um to realize that it is okay to wrestle with those but i hope and i pray that your outcome is that it was the best decision for your life um and so to move on a little bit what are some misconceptions that come to mind when thinking about adoption yeah with adoption the biggest one i can think of is that it costs a lot of money and is true in a sense but i've recently noticed um, my mom and i were just like looking for fun do some research is that there's a lot of nonprofits who want to help and want to aid that mm-hmm. process um it's kind of like how we have like financial aid for students mm-hmm. um there's organizations that can help for adoption and so that's one of the biggest ones and i think another thing is people think there's not enough babies i don't know why there's there's a lot of babies trust me and yeah um it is a little bit more difficult um, if you get picky about adoption. My parents waited five years to adopt a baby, and then mm-hmm. another two for my little brother. Um, we're not biologically related, but same town. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. But, that is crazy. <laughs> um, those are two I can think of off the top of my head. But I think there's just a lot of misconception because of, like, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up watching the movies a lot, and so I had all these weird misconceptions about adoption. And a lot of people would think I was lying about being adopted because I um, – I'm white like my parents and my brother and I look basically identical. Um, and so people are like, you're you're not adopted. I'm like, girl, yes, I am. <laughs> Give me that like DNA test. So people just have like a lot of weird views about it just mm-hmm. because they haven't been exposed. So that's another thing we like to do at Adoption Allowed to show like it can look like any family, even mm-hmm. if it's not really uh, different in the right. view of uh, the United States, most likely. Right. And as I'm thinking about this, what are ways that even the church, um, because we're both Christians, what is a way that the church can, quote unquote, expose people to the light of adoption and the truth of adoption? Yeah, I definitely wish we had more like sermon series on adoption because Mm -hmm. it's not even just restricted to children. It's just in a whole, like God adopts us into his family. Yeah. And that's what he did by sending his son to the cross. Um, Mm -hmm. That's like, the beautiful picture of adoption and I like asking it daily I'm like man that's just beautiful and so they would use that term more because mm-hmm. um, honestly we're all adopted in a sense because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ mm-hmm. and that's like you know by the blood of Jesus it's not because we're like biologically related right. but it's because of the blood of Christ and that's how my family is we're not biologically related in a sense but we're all interconnected by that adoption mm-hmm. um, so I just love that but I know a lot of the churches here in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, they actually have programs set up where they can foster children from the pregnancy center. So the women who give birth, they can um, take those children in and foster them to adopt. So I've worked personally with that. And I just think it's the most wonderful program. Um, And the church like needs to feel called to Mm -hmm. that, you know, children are so important and um, God tells us to have that childlike faith. And so when we're actually taking care of the children, I think it's the, the most beautiful thing to do. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest resources that churches can use is those pregnancy resource centers because they are 
all mm-hmm. over the country. Um, and, and they're everywhere. They're everywhere, yeah. If you even look up online, um, just search Pregnancy Resource Center near me and you need help, please do that. And if you know someone who needs help, do that for them and help them out. Um, be that that brother and sister in Christ for them. Um, but I think that you're right on the like path um, where we do one uh and this that now makes me feel called to do something um to make a sermon or ministry where it comes to talking more about how there shouldn't be that awkwardness when it comes to asking adoptees about adoption because one hopefully we have gotten to that point where we're open about our story i love on your page where you said um in a post it said share your story and i'm a huge advocate of sharing my story so others know what adoption is um and i can't really relate to the foster care system but i know many who have been fostered to adopt and it has been a beautiful story so um to share your story, that's number one. Number two is to have the church involved, really be the hands and feet of Jesus and get those birth mothers or um, those who are going through the adoption process, help them out in that way. So I think that's really beautiful. Thank you for um, sharing that. What does God say about adoption? I know we've been talking about this a lot, but is there a specific story that comes to mind in the Bible when it comes to adoption? Yeah, no, for me, honestly, like the Gospels as a whole Mm -hmm. just remind me of adoption. I'm a big Gospels girl. Um, I always call myself a baby Christian because I grew up in the church, but um, July will be like three years of like when I reaccepted Jesus and got like legit about my faith to stop being lukewarm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to school for theology, so I'm a big Bible gal. Many Bibles thing like right behind my computer, (laughs) but the Gospels are just like the pinnacle of you know the good news and they all have different accounts but i just think of the love and acceptance and like the evangelism mm-hmm. um i'm a big evangelism girl too that's another thing i've like recently gotten more into because with my personal story I share the gospel and then i share about my testimony with adoption and how god told me who i am because mm-hmm. i was bullied a lot growing up um because i was adopted which is such a ridiculous thing um but i'm in like a small, I was a smaller school. Yeah. And so they told me I wasn't wanted and that I was unworthy, but God mm-hmm. says the exact opposite. And so it took me, gosh, I was probably 10 when that happened. It took me like five years to actually like process it mm-hmm. and then realize God called me all the things that were good yeah. um, because of his sacrifice. And so like, they're good. Like he just amazes me every mm-hmm. day and he just blows me away. But his whole just character mm-hmm. of being a father just proves that, you know, he is a father to the fatherless. And that's one of my favorite verses, mm-hmm. like a life verse. And I just rest on that because even if people told me I wasn't wanted, mm-hmm. um, even if I didn't even have parents right now, which you know, I'm very thankful, like I would still have God's father. You know, it just points right. back to that. And his love, his love is just, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It takes like the words out of my mouth. And I want to say I am so sorry for all of those people who said you didn't belong. I know that um, sometimes it's hard for people who haven't been touched by adoption or foster care to understand really what it means um, to belong and fit in. Um, So my apologies for those people on behalf, (laughs) Um, because I, I think that one thing to step into the right way is to help even kids understand helping your kids understand 
those in the community who are adopted and fostered, um, how they do belong and they are still children of God, just like they are. So, um, that's a beautiful story. Um, I wanted to share on this too. In Ephesians 1, 5, it says he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And I think that's a beautiful, um, testimony of who he is and how he cares over the fostered and adopted and just anyone in general. I know that we've tied this in multiple times today, but, um, we are essentially adopted into his kingdom and we get to live with him forever if we um, accept him as our savior. So um, the story of Moses is also really a great one. And I love really how God like intertwined these beautiful stories. It's not just Moses, it's Moses, it's Esther, even Jesus with Joseph. We could take that um, one. But in the case of Moses, uh, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. And it was so crazy. And I love this um, because we were just talking about how sometimes, yes, adoptees and foster um, kids can get bullied because they don't understand necessarily what that means. But in this case, it kind of points out that um, difference that Moses was from a different um, background, religion, but Pharaoh's daughter still took him in and cared um, for him as her own. And it was so, it's such a beautiful story. I can't even, um, just like comprehend that love. Um, but also Esther, Mordecai, um, her cousin took her in and it's just beautiful again to see how adopted kids can become something so much greater. I think one of the worst misconceptions that we have, especially with the abortion case is that they say that, um, because something bad happened to the birth mother means that she should abort her baby. But I think that is totally false because we have seen so many people in our society who have been adopted and fostered and they have turned out beautiful people. Um, I think that we tend to dwell on the negative instead of the positive, And I want to do that here. So, um, those are beautiful stories. I love how the Bible intertwines adoption. Um, how has adoption and foster care impacted you personally? Yeah, it's definitely impacted the person I am as a whole because now when I like talk to people, I work in a boutique. I'm actually um, leaving there in a couple weeks to pursue a ministry job this summer, um, which is really exciting. But like, the first thing I tell them when they ask like, what I do and like when we're checking them out, I'm like, oh, I have a ministry online with adoption. And I've met so many people who are adopted or their friends are adopted. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of my biggest things when I'm talking to like friends and especially down here in um, smaller towns in the South, it seems like everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone has someone who's either adopted or like mom was adopted, their cousin was adopted. And mm-hmm. so that's like one of the biggest impacts it's had on me is like, I feel like there's such a big community. It's like global, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and especially within the church, there's so many people who I've met, um, just their mind who've like seen my page because someone in church shared it or something. And they're like, I was adopted. And like, this really made me come to terms with it. And, you know, it's just made me feel proud of myself in a way, because when I was younger, obviously I felt very hindered by it and I didn't want to talk mm-hmm. about it because I was bullied. Um, so it's like, it's definitely like God showing me like a full circle moment. Yeah. Um, and I know he's not done. I know it's still a miracle in the making in a sense. And so it's definitely had just a huge impact on me and given yeah. me that heart to just go forward and pursue that ministry as a whole. Yeah. And that's, I feel like our stories are so 
beautiful that um and even like so I was internationally adopted and there are some people who are domestically adopted and I think that's another thing to bring out is that even like you said at the very beginning even though I look just like my parents that doesn't mean I'm not adopted and it's so fun to like just share your story and see how God uses us um but yes, um, we all have an impact in this world and we all have influence over people. So we get to choose whether we use that for good or for negative. Um, and so one of the last questions I have for you is something um, on the lines of what would be one thing, or it could be multiple things, um, that you would say to either an adoptee or a foster kid if they were listening, listening right now? Yeah, so I actually go and do like these Zoom groups and do support groups for foster children um, with the local nonprofit. And the biggest thing I tell them, um, which is like kind of neutral on the religious stance, just because they're not a religious organization, um, is just to be who you are. And that honestly goes in, in hand in hand with be who God made you to be. And that was my biggest thing growing up. I was trying to like fit in with a group that wasn't really for me. Um, so I was honestly like chasing a false version of myself and it took so much time away from the person that God was molding me to be and creating me to be. Um, and so I just tell people not to waste time trying to fit in. Like you're honestly so unique and the creator made you for a purpose and for a plan. Um, and when you really tune into what he wants you to do, you're going to be so much happier and that weight is off your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Especially as an adoptee, you have such a divine calling um, especially if you feel called to the adoption ministry and the foster care ministries. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much power you have with just your words and with just being yourself. Um, so I found a lot of just peace in that. I mean, I always tell people like there can't be anxiety where Jesus is, mm -hmm. um, especially as an adoptee. I think there's a lot of anxiety just surrounding um, with myself. I had really bad anxiety surrounding my health history mm -hmm. because I'm in a closed adoption. So I was always like stressed about something and, you know, I just the Lord. I was like, man, like I can't carry this on my own. There's quite literally nothing I can do about it. And so I just gave it to him and honestly, I haven't even turned back. So just being who God made you to be and like giving your anxieties to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's my biggest thing for adoptees and foster care kids. Those are beautiful pieces of advice. I would give the same exact thing. Um, one of the things I wanted to add to that is that, um, I, and I think especially like with adoption, um, and as you said, closed adoptions, because mine was as well, um, you're going to wrestle with emotions and you're going to wrestle with um, just fear. Um, and I think anxiety is a great word too, of just like, where did I come from? Where do I belong? Um, that sense of like, yes, I was adopted and this is a beautiful thing. I have a new family and a new home that um, is going to flourish, but where essentially do I stand on this? And it's something that um, I call building an identity. Um, and many do this in middle school and high school. We go through that phase of like, my identity, what am I, um, who do I belong to, you know? And so I think, especially in that phase, adoptees and foster care kids um, really struggle with that because they don't know where they come from. And I just want to assure anybody who's listening that... Um, if you need anybody to pray with you through that, um, I mean, Riley and I can both um, answer questions. I know we're both available on Instagram. Um, and it's just something that don't be afraid to reach out when you feel that way. Um, sometimes 
it's easier to close in and try to figure it out yourself. But I know, like Riley said, we have a global community. We have people all around the world who are open to talking, open um, to counseling with you, um, because honestly, it is something to wrestle with. So with that said, do you have any calls to action? I think this can really specifically go to either parents who want to adopt um, to the church, any calls to action that our society is lacking when it comes to adoption and foster care? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is listening to people. Um, I think people kind of get nervous when people say like adoption or pro-life and like for me to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to assure people like I'm sharing my story and my stance and I have all the stats and the facts to back it up too. And mm-hmm. so I think what my church has done and then this was like a recent thing and I really admire them for that as they started volunteering with the pregnancy resource center. Um, ours is lifeline pregnancy resource center in Wilmington, North Carolina. And every year actually they hold a fundraiser. And so, um, our tithes go to them. And so they raise like 10 to $20,000 every year for them to support mothers. And like right. that in itself reassured me on where they stood, um, without explicitly being like rallying on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like always reassured me with their stance and why I've stayed for them and why I'm going to be, um, interning for them this summer. And so that was my thing. And I actually went with another local church that I'm in a small group at. We went and volunteered with Lifeline Pregnancy. And I got to see like a behind the scenes and they give these mothers like clothing for the babies. If the mothers want to keep the child, um, mm-hmm. in their home and they give them like places to stay and phones and jobs, like it's so amazing. And so, I definitely recommend, um, North Carolina has 86 pregnancy resource centers, but we have 14 abortion clinics. And Mm so we have them outnumbered, like praise God for that. And so I tell people like, we can go and get involved. And, Mm -hmm. um, my issue is because I'm still 17 years old. I couldn't go into a lot of the nonprofits without being 18 because of confidentiality, but I could go into resource centers, um, with my parents. So, you know, there's something you can always do and especially exposing younger kids, that's my biggest thing. Like have your younger kids around, um, those types of organizations. Cause it really does broaden their horizon. We're in like a huge culture for diversity and mm-hmm. honestly adoption represents diversity. Well, you know, yeah. um, even if I don't like look like the di- ideal picture of diversity, I'm a cool person. You're a cool person. We have a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's so neat. Um, but there's so many organizations you can like type it in your phone on Google or reach out to us and we can give you some in your area. Absolutely. And I love how so connected your church is with this ministry um, and this calling. I feel convicted to continue to reach out to my church um, because some churches aren't there when it comes to that. And sometimes it takes a bigger push, but I encourage you if you're listening and that is your case um, to keep pushing and try to um, really reach out to that community. I love everything that Riley said. Um, Her call to actions were amazing. And I think that that beautifully sums up really what we are here to talk about. And lastly, before we end today's episode, do we want to highlight anything else when it comes to specifically foster care? I know we talked a lot about adoption, but is there um, anything we missed when it comes to foster care that you want to point out? Yes. So I'm actually in a small group with a bunch of adults because... It was an adoption and foster care small group, but it was mostly adults wanting to adopt and foster, but I still joined it to give my insight. And yeah. so uh, I was working with a lot of people who were in foster care 
And this wonderful woman at my church named Cindy, she has fostered 40 children um, and she's adopted like 12, I think, around that number. And so she has like the biggest heart. And so I learned a lot about uh, foster and it's not easy. Um, she always took in the children who were like the unwanted ones. And mm-hmm. I put that in quotes because they're always wanted, you know, and right. they're sweet. Yeah. Um, but they were typically like the drug cases and the child abuse cases. And she just, she's one of the most um, like God-fearing women I know prayer warrior, like amazing. And she just took those kids in. But I think a really common misconception is that, um, with foster care that they're always like older and they're not well behaved, but a lot of those children are orphaned. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't their choice to be in foster care or something happens to the parents and they get arrested or they just can't with like, you know, child services. And so they're sweet kids. It, is difficult. I mean, even adoption, like adopt baby. I was a baby when I was adopted. That's difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, having kids is just children, you know, even my friends who parents are biologically like, um, like they had that child. Um, they say it's just as hard, you know? And so, I mean, having a child is a task. Um, I think that people view childhood, child birth and just child children as a negative thing, which is why mm-hmm. the abortion rates are so high. Yeah. Um, I think you really need to, script on that because children are a miracle. I was talking with um, my small group about how pregnancy is such a miracle. I didn't realize how hard it was to get pregnant in a sense where it's like, you got like one day and you have to like have the right things going on. And I was like, man, that is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like God knows when to be like, does the whole thing. So foster care, I just, I love foster care. I have friends who were um, Mm -hmm. fostered to adopted two people in my worship team actually were, and they have the most beautiful family and they're the most kind people I know and they're hilarious and they they both have like the whole family actually has like the gifting of music mm-hmm. it is crazy to me how God works but man like I wouldn't even like second guess that they were in the foster care system because you know people say they're bad and that they're not nice and like that's so not true like yeah. I have people who are biologic they're like their family members and they're not nice you know <laughs> it doesn't matter like how you were brought up or how you were even like given to your family in a sense mm-hmm. like it's about of the content mm. rather than how you look and where you came from. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. Um, and I think that's so true that um, it, like if you look at biological families too, like we're all going to have our differences and we're all going to um, argue in a sense. So to think that adopting a kid is going to be, um, and of course we have our baggage. Um, I like to think of it that way that we do have our history that we have to remember um but that doesn't mean that there's still an opportunity to grow in that hurt and in that grief and loss um as well so thank you so much riley for coming on i am definitely going to have to have you on again this was such a beautiful conversation and i know so many are going to benefit from it so um tell us really quickly i know our zoom time's coming up but um how can listeners keep up with you as well as find adoption out loud yeah, thank you for having me. So Adoption Loud is just um, at Adoption Out Loud on Instagram. And my name is really hard to spell, so it's tagged in the bio on there. Okay. It's just Riley Peterson. And so um, I try to stay on there as much as I can. I just finished up school. Praise God for that because <laughs> I was stressed. I'm sure we all were. It's a hard time of year being May. Yeah. Um, so I'm on there a lot. I try to post as much as I can. And I'm also on Facebook if you're more into that. It's just Adoption Out Loud dash Riley Peterson. Because okay. um, there's another Adoption Out Loud private Facebook group. 
stealing my brand, but it's okay. But yeah, keep up with me on there. Um, our podcast is coming out this summer, so I'm going to have Miss Anna on there. So <laughs> I'm so excited for that. And also, congratulations yeah. on graduating. That's so exciting. Um, and we're so excited to see what your future looks like. Um, but yes, um, and I will tag everything in the episode notes of today, and there will be an announcement on Saturday, and it will come out on Sunday. So thank you so much. Um, and I Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to email me, my email is thewakeupconservative. You can email me and I can send you any and all articles that I know of about adoption. You can read stories. I also have many organizations that I trust and others that are adopted or have adopted trust and I can send those to you. So email me. I would love to talk to you and send those to you. And we'll be right back here next week. See you guys.